Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Countercultural Sermon Series. Countercultural is a study of the Beatitudes and explores our call to be different. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Those are the Beatitudes, and we're in this series called Countercultural, and today we're going to be looking at the third Beatitude, which says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, when you hear the word meek, you know, I suspect like me, your mind begins to go to places of what is meek, I don't want to be meek, uh, this is meek, or maybe a, 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 an image of meek. For me, as I've been studying this all week, I think the, the first image that popped into my mind over this week was uh, the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz. Now, now think that one through. You know, uh, the first time, well, let me just ask, has everybody seen The Wizard? Let me put it the other way. Who hasn't ever seen The Wizard of Oz? Anybody? All right. All right, well, I was going to say, if you have, you know, you got to do that today. So the first time the, the, the Wizard of Oz, excuse me, the first time the Cowardly Lion comes onto the scene is while Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Tin Man are walking down the yellow brick road. And he jumps out and he scares them. He, he knocks the Tin Man down. He knocks down the, the Scarecrow. And then little Toto comes up running after him and barking at him. And he gets mean and obnoxious and starts chasing Toto and Toto runs around a tree and there's Dorothy and she picks him up and scoops him up and with all of her maternal instinct as the cowardly lion comes up to her and growls at Toto she slaps him on the face and he just crumbles into tears and it's there that we understand that the king of the forest is not king at all. He's, he's a coward. He's, a, he's a, a shriveling little wimpy, afraid of his own shadow lion. And, and so they all begin to come around him and, and they try to, you know, console him as he's crying tears. Dorothy wipes the tears away from his eyes. And, but, but we see, you, you know, he's just meek and timid and afraid and he says he's so afraid, he's afraid to go to sleep at night. And the scarecrow says, well, why don't you count sheep? And he goes, I'm afraid of them. And, and, and you know, the, throughout the whole movie, we, we just see time and time again that, that he's afraid. When they're getting ready to meet the Wizard of Oz, he's, he's pulling on his tail and, and just running it through his fingers. And all of a sudden, he screams. And they said, what's the matter? He goes, somebody pulled my tail. And they look at him and said, you pulled your tail. And then when they're, they're getting ready to, to head into the, the haunted forest, he's the one who keeps turning around as they go on their mission to get the broom from the wicked witch of the West. So, so that's my mental picture of meek. It, at least the picture that I get as somebody who lives in this world, but, but maybe you have other images or other, other words. Uh, one writer has said this uh, about this. You know, in English, he says, the word meek has come to mean about the same thing as weak or harmless or even spiritless. It is thought that a meek person is something of a doormat upon which everyone wipes their feet. A timid soul who lives in mortal fear of offending other people. So that's sort of how off the cuff 
we think of this idea meek and to be honest with you with that kind of concept I doubt any of us would aspire to be known as meek but today we're going to look at this idea of blessed are the meek because Jesus said it and because Jesus said about himself that he was meek so we know that what Jesus said is countercultural from the culture that we live in so we really need to understand this and and delve into this so the first point I want to make is this, Jesus was weak. And, and here's where we see that Jesus says this. In the Gospel of Matthew, we read his own words. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for my souls. Now, now hang on, because you didn't see the word meek in there. But if you go to the King James Version, it says this, for I am meek and lowly. And heart. So we understand from the original language that the word we translate gentle can also mean meek. And so Jesus saw himself as meek, but you get a glimpse of what he meant. If we go back to that first scripture, he says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Now that's powerful because that means if we're weary and burning, burdened, we can lean on him. He's got big shoulders. He can hold us up. He's not timid. He's strong. He's not weak. He's strong. And then it goes on. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, a yoke, remember, is what you put around an, uh, a beast of burden to pull a plow or a wagon or something. And he's, he's saying something that, that doesn't sound very comfortable, but it takes strength to do it. Again, meek doesn't mean weak. So we begin to understand this you know, through the cultural lens of this world, you know, meek is something that, that people would say, it's wimpy, uh, it's weak, it's, it's a negative connotation to be called meek. But, but Jesus, as he always does, redefines words and actions and how we're supposed to live our life. And when you read through the Gospels, and you look at the life of Jesus who called himself meek, you begin to understand that it had nothing to do with weakness. It had nothing to do uh, with wimpy attitudes or actions. I mean, think about this. When Jesus goes to the temple and he discovers that people have turned the, the outer court of the temple, which was for the, the least people group that could go in and worship at the temple, he sees people have turned it into a mini mall. I mean, there's banking going on there. There's people selling things going on there. It's a little area of commerce. And he's so angry and so upset that he begins to chase all those people over out, sometimes even knocking over tables. That doesn't sound like the cultural definition that we have of meek. But again, Jesus is redefining how we look at following him and following God. You go on through the Gospels and you read as Jesus is headed toward the cross. He's headed toward his crucifixion. You see a, a man who understands what he has to do. We, you see a, a person who recognizes that what he's being called to do is something that's going to be hard and challenging and difficult. But he goes and he follows God's will. In fact, at one point, he says to God, let this cup 
pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. Jesus called himself meek. And he said, blessed are the meek. So if he says blessed are the meek, who are the meek? Well, the meek are those who have believed in him and follow him. Now remember, reorient your brain. We've seen the image of what meekness looked like in Jesus' life, and it looked like somebody who was on mission for what God wants. And if that's what God wants for his son, what does he want for us? God calls you and me to be like Jesus. He calls us to be meek like Jesus. So what does that meekness look like? The apostle Paul wrote this. In the book of Philippians, he was writing to the church in Philippi. He wanted them, he wanted those followers of Jesus then and as well as those who would come after them to understand what meekness looked like in the person of Jesus. And so he said this. He said, have the same mindset as Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. If Jesus was meek, he calls his followers to be meek too. And to have the same mindset or the, or the same attitude is to not only to follow his teaching, but, but adopt the attitude that Jesus had in following God's will in his own life, we should too. He came to serve God's will in his life, through his life, and in this world. First of all, he came to serve God. Second of all, he came to serve humanity. And third of all, he came to serve the whole world. And again, remember what he said. Not my will be done, but yours, as he was speaking to God the Father. Now, let me just share with you uh, what uh, one man has written about this. Clarence Jordan, who's a, a scholar of Scripture, he made his own translation. This is what he says about meek. And just listen to this and absorb it. He said, people may be called meek to the extent that they have surrendered their wills to God and have learned to do God's bidding. The meek won't attempt to explain away God's word if it goes contrary to their selfish wills. They won't listen to anyone, no matter what their power or influence is in their life, or if they try to make them compromise or disobey God's voice. One of the best definitions of meekness in the, in the Bible is the statement of the apostles to the Sanhedrin. After they had been arrested, this is what they said. It's our duty to obey God rather than people. It's clear, Jordan writes, that this is the stuff of which martyrs are made of. It's that mysterious ingredient that baffles the high and mighty of this world. They yearn to know its secret, and one of them once put his finger on it. After Peter's statement that I just read, one of the Sanhedrin said this to all the other members. He said, stay away from these fellows and let them alone, because if this thing is man's will, it shall fail. But if it's God's will, you won't be able to stop them. You'll be fighting against God. That's the secret to the power of being meek. 
Meek people surrender their will to God so completely that God's will becomes their will. Whoever fights them is fighting against God, for a surrendered human will be the agency through which God's power is released on earth. They become God's workhorses on earth. Through them, God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why you can't stop them. That's why they inherit the earth. In other words, the kingdom of God. Being meek like Jesus means submitting yourself to following the will of God. Now, for some of us, that's really scary because we're afraid God's gonna ask us to do something that A, we don't wanna do or that we don't think we can do. But it's this truth that we have to recognize that God's will is perfect and so we have to trust it. And even those things that we think we cannot do through the power of the Holy Spirit that God has poured out in all of us, we're able to do far more than we would ever be able to do on our own. So the question might be, what does it look like then to live a life that's meek? Let's, let's look at that. In fact, look, you know, you know I even know that that, that that phrase sounds odd. You know, what does it look like to live a meek life? Culture, our culture would say, well, that's blah, it's boring, it's unexciting. But remember, we need to think not according to the way our culture thinks, but according to the way God thinks. And the life that Jesus came and died for, for us, is a life that's supposed to be abundant, that's supposed to be exciting, full of following Jesus and his call on us. And it will be exciting, it will be challenging, and sometimes it will be difficult, but he promises to be with us. This meek life that he calls us to live ultimately then is a commitment to Jesus Christ and a commitment to the bride of Christ, which we call the church. So again, what does that look like? I want us to look at five verses where Jesus said five things so that we understand what it looks like to live the meek life. Here's the first thing Jesus said. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus calls us to live a life of worship where we worship God every day by recognizing that he is our authority, that he is the highest worth in our life and taking time to do that. But we also recognize that he calls his bride, the body of Christ, to gather all around the world together to worship him, to be the church collected together. That means we give him worth every day. The second thing that Jesus said was this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus calls us to live the life of being a devoted disciple, someone who will follow after their master, Jesus Christ. Now think this through. That means committing ourselves not just to studying God's word, but it also means committing ourselves to actually live what the scriptures tell us. Quite honestly, it's easy just to study God's word because it doesn't require us to change our lives doesn't require us to reorient 
our will to God's will. So the challenge is not just study it, but live it. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. The third thing Jesus said is this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Jesus calls us to live a committed life in community with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. He calls us to love one another, to accept one another, to bear with one another, to encourage one another, to be there for one another. He calls us to get out of our self-centered, selfish lives and really live in authentic relationships with one another. He calls us to do that. And he says, when we do this and love one another, people will know that we are his disciples. Jesus also said this, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's the idea. If the Son of Man didn't come to be served but to serve, he calls his followers not to be served but to serve. He calls us to recognize that he has given us so much time on this earth to live it in service to him. He calls us to recognize that he's given us talents and abilities and skills to use for the greater good of growing his kingdom. He calls us to recognize that, that he's given us treasure. He's given us resources. And those resources aren't so we can live high on the hog for the rest of our lives. They're so that we can invest them in God's kingdom and growing it. And he's called us to use our heart to touch the lives of hurting people. Because it's not just about us. It's about what he wants to do through us. Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. The final thing I want to share with you that he said is this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus proclaimed this truth that eternal life only comes through a relationship with God the Father. And that he is the way there. Sounds very exclusive, and it is. If it offends you, take it up with him. He's the one who said it. But he gave it to us. He gave it to us to share with other people. Because God has put us in specific relationships, in sp specific circles of influence in this world so we can share the faith that we have found with other people and do it in a way that's relevant to their lives. Not just slamming them over the head with that verse, but really getting to know them, being in community together and sharing it in a way that speaks to what's going on in their lives. All of this is what it means to be meek. All of this is what it means to follow God's will. All of this what it means, is what it means to follow the teaching of Jesus. And that's what meekness lived out looks like. At the end of the movie of The Wizard of Oz, before some, Dorothy, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the Coward Lion, they return. They've completed their mission. They brought back the broom of the Wicked Witch of the West. And uh, they go before the uh, 
powerful and mighty Oz. And Toto gets down on the floor and escapes, and he pulls back the curtain on the man who is pretending to be Oz. And he comes out, and he meets the foursome, and he speaks to each one of them. And through that personal relationship encounter, their perspectives and their views on themselves are dramatically changed. And specifically, the cowardly lion realized through that personal encounter that he's not a coward, that he's actually braver than he ever knew. As followers of Jesus Christ, sometime in our life, we had a personal encounter with Jesus. And we're never the same again because we understood that he called us because he loves us. And he died to forgive us for our sins because he wants us to be saved for eternity. And he wants us to follow him all the days of our lives. And in doing so, we will adopt what we just saw. Those words that Jesus spoke. And yes, that's what meekness looks like, so we're called to be meek. We're called to follow him as his sons and daughters, as children of God. So hopefully you understand what meekness looks like, but at the same time, maybe you need to talk to God about this because it may have reoriented your definition of what meekness looks like. So I want to invite you to bow your heads, and I'm going to pray for us and give you the opportunity to pray. Father, as we come here today, as we recognize that you've called us to follow Jesus and he has said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Lord, we recognize that you're calling us to be meek like Jesus and that you give us the promise of eternal life. That's, that's what you mean by inherit the earth. But we recognize, Lord, that we have to, to wrestle with what that means for our lives, to be meek, to adopt your way over the culture that we so oftentimes ignore that slips into our lives and so through this personal time with you Lord speak to each one of us about following you and embracing the meek life of Jesus Lord remind us of all that you've done and all that you've called us to, and that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you've empowered us through the gift of your Holy Spirit to help us live a life like Jesus. And it's an honor to be considered meek, like he called himself. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.